Well, good morning, Harvest. Wow, this is a little strange, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm just thankful that I can come and be with you this morning. Uh, at the Stevenson House, we're in COVID jail. Uh, we're abiding by the restrictions today. Uh, we, uh, yeah, you can hear it in my voice, but we're gonna overcome, we're gonna make it, we're alive, we're well. Uh, we're just feeling a little bit under the weather. And, uh, and so quarantining here in COVID jail at 16, whatever my address is. <laughs> well, God bless you. Wow, it is great to see everybody. And I can see I was watching during worship. I wanna just give a shout out to our team, goodness. Um, this morning, because I'm kind of backstage, not literally behind the stage today, I'm in my home, obviously, but uh, have an earpiece in and I can hear everything that's going on and, and just the numbers of people that are involved so that whether you're in the room and God bless you if you're in the room or whether you're online and God bless you, greetings to you if you're online today, uh, that the numbers of people that are involved today on cameras, on audio, on lighting, uh, just, just to make the production work, I just want to give you guys a big shout out. And then, of course, our children's ministry today downstairs, all of our green shirts and hosts. Dream Team, you rock. Wow, you make Harvest what it is. God bless you. Well, here we are on day 21, I think it is, of our 21 days of feasting and prayer. And I'm really excited about today's message. Um, and that's why I really um, prop myself up today to be able to do this. I, I just believe that the words are going to go beyond my physical strength today. I believe God has something to say to us and to encourage you and encourage me today. Uh, this is Close Encounters of a Spiritual Kind, Part 4. And we started with the theme, Here I, Here I Am. And then Here I Am to Worship. Here I Am to Pray. And we're talking this morning about prayer and I want to encourage your heart today, if you're in a place of prayer and nothing seems to be changing. Have you been there? I think we've all been there. We're praying, we're knocking, we're seeking, we're believing God for an answer to our prayers, but, and we're even doing repeat as we learned last week, but it just doesn't seem to be working. And the enemy begins to whisper in our ear and he tells us, hey, it's not working. <laughs> Stop praying. You don't need to pray. And we've all fallen for that lie. And today I want to share with you why it's so important to stay persistent in prayer, even seemingly nothing's happening. But I want to show you this morning behind the scenes in the heavenly realms, everything, absolutely everything is happening when we're praying. Let's just pray today. Thank you, uh, Frank. You've done just an amazing job doing that today. But let's just pray for the word today and prepare our hearts to hear God's word. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, that you have something that you want to say to harvest people that are tuning in online, those that are in the room today. Lord, I just pray that by your anointing, through this technology, your voice will be heard. In Jesus' name I pray right now. And everybody said, both online and in the room, amen, amen. Well, I want to start with a verse. Uh, if you've got your notes today, uh, I know you had an opportunity to ask for them. If you still didn't get your notes, make sure you wave nice and high so you can get a set of notes and follow along today. But in Luke chapter 18, we're not going to look at the parable but Jesus begins the teaching of the parable by saying, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they, could, that they should always pray and never give up. So we could spend our time looking at the story of the persistent widow, but what I want to do is just look at the phrase, because this is really, to me, fascinating. 
So he's saying to his disciples, there's a principle in prayer. And the principle is you should always pray and never give up. Now, the word, the phrase there, never give up, isn't talking about never give up in prayer, but that, that's going to be, that's going to be the outcome. But it's talking about not giving up uh, in our courage, not losing heart specifically is what it's saying. So that you should always pray and not lose heart. So we talked a few Wednesday nights ago about uh, the idea of being discouraged, of losing our courage, losing our courage. And that when we lose our courage, we discourage, we begin to move backward instead of forward. The enemy begins to push us, and it begins to push us back. And so what Jesus is saying here, now this, this is what, the, I'm going to come back to that. Most of us think what happens is we get discouraged and we stop praying. Oh, I, I left the place of prayer. I haven't really been persistent in my prayer life. I haven't built that persistent prayer life because I've been, I've been feeling a little discouraged. But what you've got to see this morning is that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said what happens is first we leave the place of prayer and then discouragement comes. And so the one way, the sure way to be encouraged and have courage in our heart is to stay persistent in prayer and understand the power of prayer even when it seems like prayer isn't doing anything. All right, so do you see it there? Jesus said, Always pray, and discouragement won't be the outcome. Always pray, and you won't lose heart. And so some of us that are feeling like, well, I've just lost heart, so I stopped praying. No, we stopped praying, and then discouragement came in. That's the principle we want to see today. So I want to just kind of go back to the Old Testament for a moment and look at the story of Daniel during his 21 days of fasting, and we actually use Daniel's model as our model at Harvest all these years of taking 21 days just to kind of put the Lord first and foremost uh, in the beginning of our year. And Daniel adjusted his diet for this particular fast. It's called the Daniel fast, and many people uh, would, this would be your fast of choice during the 21 days. Uh, it says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, at that time I'd eat no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips until those three weeks had, had passed. And so his fast of choice was just vegetables and some broth and lentils and all kinds of wonderful things like that <laughs> that aren't too appealing. But no alcohol and uh, no rich, no, no, no red meat, no steak, no, no, no rich desserts, no rich food. And he was seeking God for a breakthrough. He was seeking the Lord for a breakthrough in his situation and really in his whole nation. And during the 21 days, nothing seemed to be changing, uh, except he was hungry. <laughs> and as we look at the story this morning, I, I want to show you some principles. I'm going to look at two Old Testament stories, Daniel, then we're going to look at Joseph in a moment, to understand what's happening when we're praying. And seemingly nothing's happening, and yet everything's happening uh, in the spirit realm. On the 21st day, today's the 21st day of our days here at Harvest, an angel is dispatched from heaven to communicate with Daniel. And the angel says this, don't be afraid, for you are precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, and be strong. <laughs> I love that greeting. What an amazing 
greeting. I want to tell you this morning, if you're in your process, and that's what these 21 days stand for, it's a process in God. It's a process when we're waiting for our breakthrough. It's not a literal 21 days, but more of a principle, more of an understanding that when you are in the process of waiting on God for your breakthrough, waiting for God to change your circumstances, waiting on God to communicate with you, you you need to know this morning what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Hey, you're precious. You see, God is too kind to be cruel. God is too good to be anything other than good. And so when the enemy is attacking, saying God doesn't care about you, he's not answering your prayer. I want you to take a stand this morning. Remember what the angel spoke to Daniel because the Holy Spirit is speaking it to you this morning. You are precious to God. <laughs> Come on, I love the wording. You are precious to God. Peace. We learned about that last week. A peace that passes understanding. Be encouraged and be strong. And courage begins to come into that place, into that vacuum, into that void that wants us to give up in prayer. And Daniel didn't do that. Daniel stayed in the place of prayer and God's word came and encouraged him and brought strength into his being. As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger. And he said to me, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. I want you to know this morning that if you're in a season, you're 21 days your 21st day is about to arrive. If you're in a time of waiting on God for something to change, it's about to take place. But until then, know that God is for you and not against you. God wants you to stay in the place where you can be strengthened by his word, strengthened in verse 15, strengthened in the place of worship, strengthened today. Somebody watching today, either you're watching it in the room or watching online, the strength of the Lord, you're going to sense it and feel it rising up in you by the Holy Spirit. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request, look at now, has been heard in heaven. Our prayers reach heaven every single time. Your request, your prayers have been heard and I've come to answer your prayer. And so the, the moment we begin praying, today I want you to see in faith that God is saying, you're precious to me. I love you. I'm for you. I'm listening to your prayer. Even though you're not seeing an outcome, even though you're not seeing something change, know that I'm for you. I'm with you. The angel begins to explain to Daniel that there are spiritual forces that we don't understand. There are spiritual forces of darkness that we can't comprehend that resist us because they resist God. They resist God's plan. Now, having said that, uh, nothing, nothing is stronger than God. The spiritual forces in the, in the heavenly realms Paul talked to us about, uh, they're no match for God. It's not like God's arm wrestling Satan and it's a 50-50 kind of a thing and then suddenly God, God wins. You know, we say, well, we know God wins. No, there is no contest. But sin has entered the universe and Satan has a, a, a hold on certain things. And what's happening is God's people through prayer are pushing back the gates of hell. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail. They're losing ground and God's people through prayer are pushing back the gates of hell. So I want you to understand this morning a little bit about how spiritual forces can resist us. Now there is some crazy 
teaching, and I don't mean crazy good. There's some crazy, bizarro teaching that's available uh, that I just wouldn't recommend about ways in which we can, you know, pray uh, into the heavenly realms to Satan and his demons and and dispatch angels and and kind of kind of get into the seat of God. What we see here, this is that's God's task. It were it isn't the place for you and I to command angels. It's not in the place. In fact, Jude said that. Even the the archangel said he wouldn't rebuke Satan unless God had instructed him to do that. And so throughout Scripture, we we don't see any instruction that as believers we're supposed to pray to these spiritual forces of darkness or somehow we get engaged in this warfare that the angels were uh, engaged in. But what we do is we stay in the place of prayer and we leave the realms of darkness that we don't understand that we're not a part of, we leave that to God. And we leave that to the angelic forces that God is dispatching. And I want to show you this principle because it's really important. Some people get really off track, and I believe this can actually bring discouragement rather than encouragement. And so, yes, there are spiritual forces we don't understand, and the angel explains that to Daniel, but they're not, that's not up to us. You and I, here in the, on earth, we're simply continuing to pray, God, you are the one who is strong. God, you are the great one. God, you are the mighty warrior. Lord, I'm thankful today that I'm on the winning team. Our prayers go like that. We don't need to address the enemy. I want you to see in Exodus chapter 17 that uh, Israel's under the leadership of Moses and, um, and Moses is, and the people are under attack by an enemy called the Amalekites. And Amalek is their leader and Amalek is attacking. They've just come into the wilderness wandering and uh, this battle is a big battle. This is a major battle. It's a battle for survival, for hope and a future. Somebody's feeling like my battle is really for survival, a hope, and a future. I want you to know that God's got your battle today. Uh, we don't need to be afraid of the, what's going on uh, in, in that realm. But here's what we, what we can do. We get a little bit of a glimpse of it. Moses takes his place at the top of the hill, and he begins to pray for victory. Joshua and his warriors are down in the valley. And as Moses prays, the battle uh, continues to go in the favor of Israel. I want to read it. As long as Moses held up his staff in his hand, representing prayer, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained their advantage. Moses' arms soon became tired. You know, it's a picture of uh, Moses is feeling like this is all up to me. And if I can't keep praying, you know, we're going to lose this battle. And I love just how God does this for Moses and for us today. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. And so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. The Bible says one puts a thousand and two puts ten thousand. Something happens when we join together in prayer. And so this isn't about you or I. You know, the whole heavenly battle depends on whether or not we pray. But it does depend on prayer. 
And sometimes we get tired and weary in the place of prayer. And I want to encourage you. That's what our Bible, our, our prayer app is for. And you can get online. And so many people are doing that. And we stand together either virtually or in prayer meetings. And we begin to hold each other up and believe God together for the things that God wants to do. Where two or more are gathered, the Bible said God is in the midst. It's actually God that's holding us up. He just wants us to continue declaring in our prayer, greater is he that is within me than he who is in the world. Greater is God who sits in the heavenly realms and the, the demonic forces that are against me. We prevail in the place of prayer. We prevail in that place that we are determined that God loves us. We are precious to him <clears throat> and he wants to do uh, and answer our prayers. Well, that battle uh, was a sure thing in God. And the Lord said to Moses in Exodus 17 verse 14, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it. He said, I want you to remember this. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. Or literally, Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war. The battle's the Lord's, it's not ours. We just agree with our general Jesus who dispatches the armies on our behalf. Come on, I want to encourage you today. Your 21st day is coming. Come on, even if the forces of hell are against you, they can't win. You stay in that place of prayer. You stay. Don't let discouragement come, but let encouragement come into your heart today. And you see, what Moses did is he built an altar, but on this altar, there wasn't a sacrifice. On this altar, there wasn't a lamb. On this altar, it wasn't about a burnt offering. This altar was a a place of prayer. This altar was a place of worship, and he called it Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Let me explain. In past times of war throughout history, and if you watch these and movie depictions of movies, uh, will show you that armies would hold up a flag. Uh, you know the, uh, the the American flag in that movie Patriot. And uh, Mel Gibson is, is holding up the American flag. Hold! Hold! They were ready to retreat. And he's saying, hold! And what's happening here is uh, uh, Moses is telling us that the Lord is my banner. He's what I hold up in the place of prayer. If you want to show the enemy something, show him your altar. Show him that you're staying by the place of prayer and declaring that Jehovah Nisi, that God is my banner. Hold, hold. God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. God will answer my prayer. Day 21 is on its way. We're going to win. And that's the place that we come in that place of prayer, just like Moses. Build your altar in these days and call it Jehovah Nisi, the place I worship, the place I prayer, holding up the name of God as my banner, my declaration. As for me and my God, we will, as my house, we're going to serve God and trust him even in the battle. Well, man, that's good preaching, Pastor Roy, even from your living room. Number two even with your hoarse voice, God is changing our circumstances by changing us. Now, none of us like this one. I don't like this one. I want to look in the moments we've got left at the story of Joseph. And Joseph in the Old Testament had been given a promise by God. 
And uh, he shared that with his brothers. They didn't like the, what he shared, the dream and the promise that God had given him. So they threw him in a pit. They were going to kill him. And uh, an, uh, an Egyptian caravan came by, and they decided, well, let's make some money and sold Joseph into slavery. Joseph leaves his home and everything he knows and ends up in a prime minister's home in Egypt named Potiphar. And Potiphar realized how great Joseph's abilities were, how fantastic his giftings were. And it isn't long before Joseph is in charge of all of Potiphar's uh, house, a steward of everything. Potiphar went to the Caribbean and, and uh, had a vacation and left Joseph in charge. That's how, that's how wonderful Joseph's capacity and abilities were. One day, Potiphar's wife, feeling a little bit lonely because Potiphar's not around, he's on business somewhere, begins to seduce Joseph uh, and wants, wants him to come and have a, uh, a sexual romantic relationship with her. And he refuses, rightfully. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't answer her, her advances. But she gets really angry that he won't say yes to her. And so Potiphar comes home, and as soon as he does, she complains to Potiphar that Joseph came on to her. So she falsely accuses him. And that he was forcing himself on her. Well, that's a complete lie. And Potiphar throws Joseph into prison. Now, I want you to see the picture right now that Joseph, in prison for doing the right thing, he's done everything right. He hasn't done anything wrong. In fact, he's gone over and above to do everything right and still finds himself in a prison. Let's just pick it up. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, we'll pick up, pick up that verse in a moment, but I want you to just, you might be in a place of confinement this morning. You might be in a place where the circumstances of your life, you didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. In fact, you've been doing everything right. You've been before God doing everything to the best of your capacity and ability. And yet you find yourself in a circumstance today that confines you. It is holding you back. Like the prison of Joseph, you find yourself confined. Now, I want you to understand this. This is super important today. Because what we cannot do when we're in the place of confinement is focus on the circumstances, focus on the confinement of the circumstances and feel like we're behind the prison bars and say, I didn't deserve this. I didn't do anything to have this happen to me. And we begin to, yeah, we begin to pray. <clears throat> Excuse me. We begin to pray and call out to God, but we're saying, God, Get me out of this place of confinement. And many people put their spiritual lives on hold until the doors open, until the place of confinement ceases being confinement. And you so focus on your circumstances, you lose sight of what's taking place in the place of confinement. Jesus told his disciples, as he quoted from Deuteronomy, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. He was quoting when the children of Israel were crying out in the wilderness for bread. They were hungry. There was three days of no food in the wilderness. And God caused manna, bread, to appear. And they, they had an answer to prayer. What Jesus taught his disciples is spiritual life 
doesn't come from our answers to prayer. Many of us have our lives on hold waiting for the provision of God, but we've never learned to live in the promise of God, trusting his word, trusting his hand, trusting his voice, trusting his presence. God has given us a promise and the spiritual life of God is in the promise. It's not in the provision. God can answer your prayer every single day, but you would never grow. You would never trust him. You would trust the appearance of the provision and negate the power of, of his promise. So I'm going to encourage you today because someone is in a place of confinement. Your relationship, your marriage is a place of confinement. Your finances, you're in a place of confinement. Your health today, perhaps, you're in a place of confinement. Joseph's master took him, put him in prison, that place of confinement. While Joseph was there, while he was there in the place of confinement, in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor. He showed him kindness in the situation and poured his grace on him in the situation. God is not standing outside of your place of confinement today. God is not on the outside waiting for you to get to him. You're not on the inside waiting for God to get to you. Don't mistake in a time where we're waiting on God for the 21st day. We're waiting for our breakthrough and that we're confined by the situation and the circumstances. Do not mistake that, that you're alone. The devil will tell you you're alone. God is not on the outside of your circumstances. He's on the inside with you the way he was with Joseph. He's there ready to pour his grace on you in a way you've never experienced. We're told in 2 Corinthians, Paul the apostle had a thorn in his flesh. Have you ever had a pain in your <clears throat> flesh? <laughs> you ever had something that's discouraging and it's, it's a circumstance and you wish it would go away? Paul had. Many have speculated what it is. It's not important what it is. It's important to understand the principle this morning. A thorn, something that was creating pain in his life. And it says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What was God saying to Paul? Was he saying to us? What was he saying to Joseph? He's saying, if you will allow me, you will experience my grace. God's not saying buck up. God's not saying put up with the thorn. God's not saying that, you know, that your, your, your answer is never going to come. But God is saying, you've got to look beyond the circumstances because I'm about to infuse my grace and my power into your life that the thorn won't be felt. The thorn won't be known. The thorn doesn't control your life right now. The circumstances isn't what's directing you, but you're learning in the place of confinement that as you just surrender yourself and say, Jehovah Nisi, I need you today. That God's grace comes in the place of the prison. It comes in the place of the confinement and it declares to you, here it is. I'm up in my grace. I'm up in my power. I'm up in my presence to you. Oh, beloved, know today there is nothing, nothing like sensing his presence in the place of confinement. God's promise to you today is the same as it is to Joseph. Verse uh, chapter 39, verse 20, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor. That's another word for grace. And the Lord was with Roy, 
with Sue, with whatever your name is today as you're watching online or in the room, and gave you success in whatever you're doing. You are learning in the circumstance that grace will promote you in the circumstance before the doors open and you have the provision. In the promise, God wants to promote you today by his grace. Your promotion is in the place of confinement. Close encounters in prayer when things don't seem to be changing. Jehovah Nissi, declare his banner. And second, learn to engage God in the circumstance. I love this next part of the story and we're gonna transition here in just a moment. But it reveals Joseph's humanity and it reveals yours and mine. As he was in the place, the prison, in the place of confinement, two new prisoners show up. Pharaoh's chief baker and, and his, his uh, uh, butler. And somehow they ticked Pharaoh off, so he puts them into prison. One morning, Joseph comes down into the prison area and they look sad. And so he asks them, what's going on? They said, we both had dreams last night, the weirdest thing, and we can't make heads or tails out of them. And Joseph had a gift by God to interpret dreams. So in his place of confinement, he's going to help other people. There's another whole sermon here, but we won't do that. I want you to see what takes place. And so he listens and, and he tells them the interpretation of the dream. The butler goes first. And he says, oh, well, that your dream means this. In three days, you're going to get your job back. Everything's going to be great. And uh, Pharaoh's going to have you back in, and you're going to get promoted. It's going to be wonderful. And then Joseph, after he gives the interpretation of the dream, look at this. He says, when you get out of here, when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. <laughs> I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in this dungeon. Get me out of here. We've all experienced a time where in the circumstance, we grow weary. We grow tired. And anybody that will listen will vent. Anybody that will listen will complain. Notice his complaint. He doesn't give God credit for anything that's going on. He's not saying I'm a part of something bigger than myself. He slips into his humanity and says, man, I don't deserve this. What did I ever do to get into this circumstance? God, don't you care about me? And he begins to try to manipulate his circumstance by taking it into his own hands. Look what happens. We've all done this. I've done it. At least I know I've done this. Well, the baker gives him his dream. He says, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, your dream means in three days you're getting released to be executed. And so those three days go by, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three short days. And sure enough, these guys are released and exactly the way Joseph said it. Look, he restored the chief cupbearer into his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, executed him, just as Joseph has said in his interpretation. If you just watched one of your coworkers get executed by your boss, do you think you'd forget it? <laughs> Come on now. Do you, really? Really? Do you think if that's the way we handle things today and your coworker was executed right before your very eyes, and yet that's what takes place? 
Joseph said, when you get out of here and you find yourself on the other side of this circumstance and I'm still suffering in this circumstance that I don't deserve, listen, will you just say something to Pharaoh? Get me out of here. And he appeals, he appeals to a power outside of God to manipulate his situation. He restored. Three days goes by. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Really? Short-term memory loss? No, of course, God blanked it because God wasn't ready to open the door. God wasn't prepared yet. But Joseph needed to learn like you and I are learning. In the place of confinement comes our promotion. Our promotion doesn't come the day the doors open. We're ready for the promotion when the door, but we often mistake the provision for the promotion. But the powers in the promotion and the grace that comes in the promotion in the circumstances. It goes on the very next verse, when full, two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Of course, this is the dream that Joseph is going to be called on. He's going to go from the prison to the palace. He's going to receive his promotion. But I need to tell you today, I'm not talking about 21 literal days or two full years, literally, but the fullness of what God is doing. And when we trust God in the fullness and we don't give up, that we're not, we know we're going to receive our promotion. But the promotion comes in the provision of his promise. And that's we understand our grace. Two full years. You are living in confinement today. I want you to know the fullness of that process is about to come to pass. Don't wait for the doors to open to be promoted. No, be promoted in the circumstance this morning. As we cry out in our own humanity, God, get me out of here. Or anybody that will listen today, it's okay to pour out our soul. But not for the purpose of trying to change the events outside of God's power. Instead, as God said to um, Paul, that his power is made perfect in weakness. God, I say to you today, I'm tired. God, but I will not give up. God, I expect fully that your grace and your presence will be with me in the circumstance until the doors open. Let me give you one more verse and we're going to transition today as the team is coming. Maybe they're already on the platform this morning. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. This waiting is not a waiting until the provision comes, the answer to prayer comes. This is a waiting on the promise of God, on his character, on his faithfulness, declaring that he is Jehovah Nisi, if you find yourself in a battle today, declaring that he's good and kind and wonderful, that not only are you precious to him, but declare today that he is precious to you. Something will shift. Something will happen in your place of confinement. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm believing that today is a day of strength. It's interesting to me that I'm confined in my house today proclaiming to you, proclaiming to you that you're coming out of your place of confinement. I think it's interesting today that my physical body, as you can hear in my voice, my normal strength is not here. But it doesn't matter because God's strength 
is. And I believe that God is speaking today a word to this house that his strength is available. Those who wait on the Lord, not wait and tap your toe until the doors open, but are waiting in his presence and saying, I'm, I am confident that greater is he that is with me than he who's outside of my circumstances, the enemy who's trying to press me in. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. I want to pray that prayer over you right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. Frankie's coming up to dismiss in just a moment, but I just want to pray this prayer over you today. Somebody feels like you're in the thick of battle. Somebody is in the place of confinement. Come on, that may not change it, it, <clears throat> today exactly, but I believe you'll be able to see that your change is coming. Father, I just pray right now as there are those in their prisons, Father, speak into their heart right now that the palace is about to appear. But Lord, the wonderful thing is they'll be ready because you have promoted them in the prison. Promotion doesn't come the day the door is open. Promotion comes today. Father, somebody that's hearing your strength, feeling your strength, knowing your strength in the circumstance. Somebody that's declaring, Jehovah Nisi, I'm staying by the altar. I'm staying by the place of the banner of God. I will not give up. Though the forces of hell are raging against me, I know that my God is able and I continue to hold in the place of prayer, knowing that God will answer my prayer. I receive Make this your prayer now. I receive the strength. I receive the strength not just to walk, not just to walk, but to begin to run, not just to run, but to begin to fly. Oh, I receive the strength of the Lord now. It is my portion. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless your harvest. I just was so happy to be able to be with you today. And just before we dismiss today, let's worship the Lord just as Frankie's getting ready to come. Wow, what a great word this morning. I find it, the Bible's full of paradoxes like that, right? You know, uh, if you want to be great, you got to be least, become a servant. You know, if you want to, the first will be last and the last will be first. And if, you, if you're seeking to be strengthened, you got to wait. Wait on the Lord, have your strength renewed. And, and, and of the story of Joseph, I, whenever I hear it, I enjoy it, but it reminds me of the story of Jesus on the cross with the two thieves. Where Joseph is saying, hey, will you remember me? Jesus is hanging on the cross, and the one thief says, will you remember me? While the other thief ridicules him. And Jesus doesn't bring up his past, doesn't bring up what he did wrong. He doesn't, he doesn't bring up any of that. Instead, while this thief is living out the punishment for what he's done, he's in the midst of it, Jesus says, you will join me in paradise. That's the gospel. That's what we're all about. And God wants to connect with you on that level. Despite what you've done, despite what you're doing, despite where you've been, despite who you think you are, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Another paradox. But somehow it works, and it can only work through what Jesus has done for us on that old rugged cross. My grace is sufficient for you. Despite who you are, despite what you think you've done, despite how far or how lost you may be, it's always revealing whenever you take a moment and just open yourself to search for God, you find that you were never lost, that you've been found the entire time. 
when you finally turn around to, to look for God, you find he's already there and he's found you. And I, I just think it'd be a shame. And, and every week here, we love to give people the opportunity to make that decision, to make that decision to receive God's grace this morning, to receive his love because it's freely given. And I just think it'd be a shame for all of us that struggled to start our cars in this cold weather this morning. I know I did. Or, you know, trekked across the city or caught a city bus to be here or, you know, got up early just to join us online this morning and, and, and you're fighting to keep up the distractions in your living room just so you can focus on the messages. But I just think it would all be a shame for you to come this far and not take the opportunity to allow yourself to receive everything God has for you this morning. So if that's you, I'm going to count to three. And if you're in the room here, just raise your hand. We just simply want to acknowledge you and we want to pray for you. And if you're at home online, just feel free to type it in the chat. Just say, I've made the decision or that's me. Or please pray for me. Just type that in the chat this morning. But when I count to three, just acknowledge that this morning if that's you. One, two, three. For those of you at home, I appreciate you reaching out and typing in the chat. But I'm going to lead us in a prayer this morning because I want to pray for you that you take this next step God, with God. And it's, and it's a conversation. You know, you might want to know more, but um, you want to know more information about God. You want to have that communication. You want to know more and dive deeper into who he is. It's a conversation. You're not going to know everything, but there's a beginning. This is the first step. God, I want to know you. Let's start talking. Communicate with me. Reveal more of who you are. That's what it's all about. So just repeat after me if that's you this morning. God, thank you for loving me. I want what you have to give. Thank you for making it so free. God, I want to make the decision to put you first. God, I embrace the freedom and love that you have for me. Forgive me for my sins. From this day forward, I am stepping forward in your grace, in your love. Change me, God. Make me everything you designed me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if that's you this morning, we just want to celebrate. We're so glad you, made, you just made the best decision ever. Feel free to type it in the chat. Again, we want to connect with you. Um, put it in the chat. We, want, we have a Bible we'd love to get in your hands just so you can begin to read and study more of God's word and everything he is. For the rest of us here in the room and those online, why don't you stand and just we'll just close the service with a song and we'll be dismissed.
Thanks for joining us this morning. Be blessed. Go spread the gospel this week. Find somebody. Tell them you love them. Have a great rest of your week. If you said yes to Jesus for the very, very first time, or maybe even you rededicated your life to Jesus, Mm -hmm. like, come on, it's a party. We are celebrating. And make sure that you uh, connect uh, with somebody. Uh, Let them know that you made the greatest decision ever, even if you want to type that in the box. Yeah, so type Uh, that in the box. Yeah, type that in the box. Let us know. We want to connect with you. We want to help you out on this journey. It is the best decision you've ever made it was my best decision and i know it was death's best decision and so and we're uh, still living that decision every yeah, single day yeah, of our lives for sure. and it's impacting us every single day of our lives and on that note we wish you an amazing week we look forward to seeing you next sunday <laughs>